we have like a, a consumption here in Brazil around 225 million bags a year. So the specialty coffee would be around almost 2 million bags, so almost 10%. Most factories that make uh, small shop roasters, they're sold out. If you try to buy a five kilo shop roaster today, you'll probably wait in line six months. And I see more and more people asking, hey, I want to experience a different coffee from you. I like your brand, I'm connected to your brand, but you have micro lots. Do you have organic? Some people ask, do you have decaf? So more and more consumers are demanding more experience, I would say this way. Hello, and welcome to the Fifth Wave podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of coffee business magazine, Fifth Wave. Frank Sinatra once sang, there's an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. And it's really no surprise that for the last 100 years, Brazil has been the world's largest coffee producer. However, inside the homes of almost 210 million Brazilians, a lot of that coffee is actually enjoyed by Brazilians themselves. It's been estimated that over 90% of Brazilian households drink coffee, making Brazil the world's second largest coffee consumer after the USA. So in this episode today, we're diving into Brazil's globally important and fast-changing coffee drinking market. We're going to explore what types of coffee Brazilians are drinking, the major trends on supermarket shelves, changes in the roasting market, and so much more. You'll be hearing from Marco Suplicy, founder of Suplicy Cafés, one of Brazil's first specialty chain roasters. You'll also hear from Enrique Cambraia, a fourth-generation coffee grower who expanded the family business to include coffee roasting for the office, supermarket, and Horeca markets. First up, we're speaking with Caio Alonso Fontes, co-founder of Cafe Editora, a publishing house, e-commerce platform, and major events organizer. Indeed, his firm is organizing the first ever Sao Paulo Coffee Festival, taking place in June 2021. In this conversation, Caio offers an insight into Brazil's current coffee drinking trends. He notes that ground coffee for filter is actually one of the most popular items on supermarket shelves. He also touches on the growth of the specialty coffee market and the emergence of farm-to-cafe traceability. I'm delighted to be here with Caio Alonso Fonches, who's the CEO and founder of Cafe Editora, Cafe Store, and also partners in the Sao Paulo Coffee Festival with us. Thanks for being here with us for Fifth Wave. Thank you, Jeffrey, for the invitation. It's my pleasure. Tell us about the way that Brazilians drink their coffee and what's going on with the consumer. Coffee, it's Brazil and Brazil is coffee, not only in the production area, but also in the consumption. And here in Brazil, coffee, it's our number one drink after water. Just to give you an idea, 97% of the population drinks coffee. It's our traditional drink. And most of them, we drink the drip coffee pour over. If you go outside of the big cities, you can find the pour over. People are using the cloth filter. And then we have the espresso. And then we have the now from the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years, the capsules, they are growing a lot in our market. 
Now, that really surprises me. I, you know, for some reason, I had this image of Brazil being very much an espresso drinking country, but you're saying drip coffee is the number one way that Brazilians drink their coffee. Yes, you're right, because most of our coffee is consuming on the inside in, in our homes. What about coffee shops themselves? Are, you know, are, are there more people drinking in cafes and coffee shops? Jeffrey, it's totally a trend. The coffee shop trend, it's uh, totally linked with the special coffee wave in Brazil. What about chains? Does Starbucks have a very big presence in Brazil? Yeah, there is. Uh, Starbucks, it's here since more than 10 years, 12 years maybe, with maybe, I don't know, 200 stores, something like that. But it's still, we have some other uh, coffee chains in Brazil uh, that are specialized in specialty coffee, serve like a good espresso, a good V60, and works directly with farms. That our magic here in Brazil, we have the farms very close to the specialty coffee shop. So you do like a real fresh connection with the producer, with different beans, and serve directly to the consumer. Am I right in assuming because of that close relationship between the farms and the country as a whole, um, a big producer, that most of the coffee that's served in Brazil will be Brazilian, almost all? Pretty much, Jeffrey. We don't have a very easy way to import coffee from other countries. How big would the specialty coffee market be compared to the gigantic scale of the Brazilian coffee market? Jeffrey, I would say around 8 to 10%. We have like a, a consumption here in Brazil around 225 million bags a year. So the specialty coffee would be around almost 2 million bags, so almost 10%. When I say specialty coffee, uh, I'm talking about 80 points up. And if we were to look at the shelves in your average supermarket in Brazil, would we see a lot of capsules or would we see mainly fresh roast and ground coffee, beans or... Is there any prevalence of instant coffee in Brazil as well for the home market? Oh, yes. Actually, instant coffee, uh, Nescafe, for instance, was created in Brazil. So, yes, we have a big market for instant coffee. If you go to a regular retail shop, you still see more of uh, grounded beans. It's still representing maybe 80% of our shelves in regular retail. And the second place you see capsules. So if you're talking about whole beans, will be our third place in regular retail market. So the whole beans is still more consuming on the coffee shops and obviously more and more in indirectly sales as e-commerce or specific coffee shops that can deliver it to the consumer house. What products are we seeing a huge uptake in for the home? I would say that Grinder would be the first one who is very connected with specialty coffee, you know. Then after that, people start, you know, with the VIX 60 is something really trendy here in Brazil. I mean, it's been a while, but it's still people like really know, knows what is a V60. And then you have the French press, the Bialetti, the Mocha, because the Italian, we have like a big link here. Brazilians are very passionate about coffee. We have a, a great opportunity here to expand the specialty coffee market for the consumer. What do you think are the things that we're going to see in the future of coffee drinking in Brazil? 
Well, what we're seeing right now, when you talk about specialty coffee, first, people are understanding the quality, right? Now, we see that people want to know from where the coffee is from. It's about origin, it's about region, it's about, you know, state farm. Some people call this the fourth wave, but I think this connection with the farm, this connection with the producer, it's something that is really happening now with the consumer. Also, I can say that the subscription market is happening here. And so they can taste you know, different flavors, different regions, different tastes. And also, I believe that the big coffee companies in Brazil are into the specialty coffee right now. So I think they are going to be very important to educate and to propagate this concept and the quality. And as Nespresso did 10, 12 years ago, and I think the big companies right now, they're going to help to spread the word of specialty coffee. But obviously, the crafty coffee roasters and the specialty coffee shops, they are very, very important because they have like specialty care. They are preparing always for the next wave. They're always surprising the consumer. So I think uh, there is space for everyone. Sounds absolutely fantastic. Can't wait to come out next year to attend the Sao Paulo Coffee Festival. Do you want to tell us a little bit about when it is and what we're going to expect to see out there? This year, because of the COVID, we, we couldn't launch our first Sao Paulo Coffee Festival with Allegra. But uh, next year, we are very confident. It will be on end of June. And we're going to have the event in a fantastic place called Biennale. Biennale is inside our Ibirapuera Park like Central Park in New York. And it will be a celebration with the coffee community in Sao Paulo. Yeah, I can't wait. It sounds very exciting. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kayo. Thank you, Jeffrey. Next up, we're talking to Marco Suplicy. Marco is the founder of Suplicy Cafes, one of Brazil's first specialty coffee chains and roasteries. This family-owned business has cafes predominantly in the Sao Paulo region, and offers coffee across the country through their e-commerce platform. Marco explains what quality of coffee Brazilians drink on a daily basis and how it is changing. He touches on a growing trend for micro-roasting and gives us clues as to where the competition is heating up on Brazilian supermarket shelves. A big welcome to Marco Suplicy of Suplicy Cafés in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Welcome. Thank you, Jeff. Hi, Marco. I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background on your business. Well, I used to farm. I had a small, for Brazilian standards, coffee farm. And then between 1998 and 2002, as far as farm rate prices go, coffee was at its lowest ever. Lower even than the 1929 crash. Wow. So I started doing a little research and uh, stumbled upon the coffee shop scenario abroad, which really didn't exist in Brazil. And also, as you know, Brazil's been for over a century the largest coffee producer. We also did not have a specialty coffee market. So in 2002, I decided and the first shop opened in 2003 as a roaster retailer. Well. Wow. 2003, and, and now you have quite a few venues. Over 20 stores. Over 20 stores, wow. 
So would, yeah. would that make you one of the, the largest specialty coffee chains in the country? Or is yes, it, yeah. we are. Okay. How did you go about sourcing green coffee to roast in your shops? Brazil does not allow us to import green beans from other producing countries. So as you know, if you're going to start a specialty coffee business, freshness from roast date is relevant. So as Brazil is a huge continental country, when we opened, I couldn't replicate like having a coffee from Costa Rica, a coffee from Brazil, a coffee from Ethiopia. So what we did have when we opened was six different regions from within Brazil's coffee producing regions. Just to give you an idea, last year we bought coffee from 17 different farms. So what is the quality of coffee that Brazilians are drinking today? I myself, before I started studying uh, the intricacies of the coffee market, I didn't realize that we drank such bad coffee. So Brazil, we are roughly two-thirds Arabica and one-third Canefra, which is a Robusta producer. And we are very weak in data, but we can say from what we export that what is consumed in Brazil today is 60 to 70% Robusta. You have to remember that Brazil is the number one exporter. Brazil is in tonnage almost. We are number two, but in bulk tonnage, we're very close to the U.S. However, from the retail price point of view, Brazil is, I think, 17th. So that shows that what is being consumed locally is a very lower grade of coffee. Wow. So, so nearly, nearly number one or just, just behind the U.S. in terms of actual tonnage of consumption, but 17th in the world in terms of dollar value, basically. But it really started changing. To give you an idea, even today, there are more consumers that are knowledgeable about wine, knowledgeable about beer. But the, the local consumer that's knowledgeable about coffee, that's a new trend, but it's definitely catching on. The premiumization is, is permanent. And especially when you consider that even today, as we speak, the national industry body predicts that roughly 5% of what Brazilians consume are specialty grade coffees. This is local consumption. What are the significant trends that you're seeing in the retail coffee space in Brazil? Most factories that make uh, small shop roasters, they're sold out. If you try to buy a five kilo shop roaster today, you'll probably wait in line six months. Obviously, these people that are going into the market are not going into the market to roast bad coffee. They're going into roast good coffee. You know, they're going to be buying two, three bags at a time from any given farmer that they have a connection with or they like the quality of the beans. Well, silly question here that I might be asking. So these small roasters are going to coffee shops that are becoming roasters themselves, or are we seeing even some households sort of wanting to invest in roasters? Well, first, adding to some perspective, differently from other large consuming markets, Brazil's a producer. So by the last census, we have almost 400,000 coffee properties producing green beans today. Wow. And what we do see are two types of small roasters. The small 
or even larger farms that are trying to sell part of their coffee roasted. So they're investing in small roasters and trying to capture that market. But those that we see that have more success are the small roaster retailers, small shops in bigger cities that are really propagating the the mantra of quality coffee. So that sounds like there's a long way to go and a lot of opportunity for the quality coffee sector in Brazil. Oh, I think, for example, Nestle, which is the hugest in the world, they've been in Brazil for, I think, 100 years. And up until two or three years ago, Nestle was completely out of roast and ground coffee in Brazil. They did not exist. In the past two years, they've probably launched, I would say, 10 different products to cater to the roast and ground coffee. It shows you that the change is really occurring. Staying with the supermarkets for a moment, where is the competition hotting up on the coffee shelves? The real competition, as far as supermarkets goes, are for pods and capsules. So we have Starbucks pods and capsules. We have the Ely capsules that JDE has a global contract to do. And we have also JDE with their Lore brand. My impression, of course, I don't have the data to support this, but my impression is that the big players are really fighting it out in the pot and capsule market. Whereas even though they have the roast and ground coffee, I do not believe that that is a major part of what's happening for them. Well, that's been absolutely fantastic, Marco. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. And finally, we're closing out this episode with Enrique Cambraia. As a fourth-generation coffee grower, Enrique pivoted the family business in the mid-90s, taking inspiration from his time in Boston. And today sells roasted coffee to the Horeca supermarket and offers coffee markets. In this interview, Enrique leads us through the history of Brazil's specialty coffee movement from 2000 onwards. Interestingly, he also lays out what trends have not yet caught on in Brazil, such as cold brew and coffee marketed as sustainably conscious. I'm delighted to be here with Enrique Cambraia, who's the founder of Cambraia Cafés in Brazil. I'm really excited to have you here today, Enrique. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Jeffrey. Could you tell me a little bit more about your story and the story of coffee drinking in Brazil more generally? So my family started growing coffee in a micro region called the Campo das Vertentes in late 1890s. And I took over the business in 1993 when my father passed away. And I had the opportunity to live in Boston early 90s. And I felt curious about specialty coffee because that time George Howard had just sold its coffee connections to Starbucks and there were Starbucks everywhere in Boston. And when I returned to Brazil, 1997, I looked for Brazil Specialty Coffee Association. So at that time, I was like the first grower. Hey, how can I get seeds of specialty coffees? <laughs> ah, wow, a real pioneer. Uh, <laughs> then I started living in this world, which in Brazil at that time, basically we had a uh, few espressos. Uh, we could say that late 90s, we could only have espressos if we could call specialty coffee 
as a consumer in Brazil. And some of the espressos, of course, were mostly the Italian ones, especially Ili. But if talking a little bit more about the Brazil as a consumer, we first start to get more familiar with specialty coffees after, I would say that Ili Café and the BSCA, the Brazil Specialty Coffee Association, start to promote contests for coffees. I would say that the habit of consuming specialty coffee in Brazil basically started in the early 2000s. The problem that I always say that the consumption of specialty coffees, it's highly related with purchase power. In Brazil, average speaking, the purchase power is very low. Then if we move it for restaurants, hotels, and coffee shops, then we have the boom of espresso everywhere, every restaurant, every coffee shop, hotels, restaurants, everything. And then it starts the quality of the coffee getting better. Uh, whenever you drink a coffee, if it's better than the one you had before, you hardly ever you return for the lower quality. And this is helping a lot to improve the qualities of the coffees that we drink in a cafeteria or in a restaurant. But even if you have been here between 2000 and 2010, all the buyers we would receive visits to visit in our farms, they would say, hey, Enrique, how can we get so crap coffee in the airports, in the restaurants? You guys are in a country. And it was a matter of tradition, the way we used to drink coffee, though those coffee dark roast uh, with robusta, uh, roasters had to dark roast because of to cover defects of black, greens, immatures. And then it's changed. It's changed. And if you ask it me from 2010 to 2020, I would say that we had a, a nice change, much faster than from 2000 to 2010, because at that point, young generation start to join the movement. It's exactly the same movement that we could see in US, in Europe, in, in Japan. Uh, when we see this young generation joining the movement, especially becoming a barista, working in the cafeterias, especially coffee, it's getting more, I like to say, sexy. Hey, it's cool. So in the last 10 years, Brazil had a, a big jump in quality consumption speaking. Is visiting coffee shops becoming more important to the young Brazilian consumers, specialty coffee shops? Are they becoming much more of a feature of the Brazilian lifestyle? Let's back for the purchase power, Jeffrey. If you go for these traditional consuming countries, again, US, Europe, Japan, you have a population, average speaking, they have such a good purchase power. And they are taking subways, trains, buses. The culture of walk, when you go for your job, when you return, you stop in a coffee shop, you have a coffee, university and so on, it's very established. If we take Brazilians, we drive a lot. So in our case, most of the people that walks around the downtowns, we are not talking about above average purchase power. What I want to say that when you, in Brazil, we have to, 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 for a coffee shop, or it's nearby where you live, or you have to take a car. And then what happens? Nowadays, more and more young generation are going to coffee shops. Uh, they stay there. They are hanging out with friends. 
some increases in some places where you go for work or staying just hanging out, but more and more it's increasing, but by far different from your countries, for example. Are you seeing more and more interest in sustainable coffee or, or the environment with the younger consumers and their interest in coffee? Is there? It's, if you ask me in a scale from zero to 10, if we can reach 10, like some mature countries that are really concerned with that, Brazil, are, are, I would say, are on two. Okay. Uh, that's not the first concern of the Brazilian consumers for specialty coffees. At this moment, I'm not saying that we are not going to be concerned on that, but I would say they are more concerned with the profile and the brand and the history of the coffee. But sustainable practices are not the main concern, unfortunately. What would you say your customers are asking more of at this moment in time? Is it price conscious? Are they wanting different you know, varieties? Well, I, yeah, more and more they are asking more special lots. Uh, when we started 10 years ago, the roasting, we started basically with the three brands. Uh, one is stronger, one middle profile, and one other one single variety, more smooth. And I see more and more people asking, hey, I want to experience a different coffee from you. I like your brand. I'm connected to your brand, but do you have another experience? Do you have micro lots? Do you have organic? Some people ask, do you have decaf? So more and more consumers are demanding more experience, I would say this way. Are there any surprising coffee drinking trends that we haven't spoken about yet? There's one point in Brazil that I don't understand. We are warm weather, hot weather country, average speaking. And the habit of cold brew does not take off in Brazil. And nobody can understand and explain why cold brew doesn't take off in Brazil. And cold brew could be also a great way for spread the consumption of specialty coffees in Brazil. But unfortunately, it didn't launch. And I've heard that you got a new can't thank you enough and looking forward to meeting you when we come down to Brazil, hopefully for the Sao Paulo Coffee Festival. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Jeffrey. And that's all this week for Fifth Wave. If you have any feedback, we'd love to hear your thoughts at worldcoffeeportal.com slash fifthwave. This podcast was recorded at the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, the World Coffee Portal team, James Harper of Filter Productions, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And as we're going around the world of coffee, today's track from the Coffee Music Project, Kill My Heart, was recorded in Los Angeles, California by London artist Kate Klein. Have a great week, and until next time, stay safe and stay caffeinated. Yes, I Sometimes I feel like I'm dead And I don't feel I'm alive You wanna kill me so bad